You're listening to a message preached at Front Range Baptist Church. It is our prayer that this message will be a help and an encouragement to you in your spiritual walk. Let's open our Bibles tonight to uh, Psalm number 34. Psalm 34. Uh, as pastor's been going through you know, journeys uh, in the land of promise uh, and then on to kind of Israel's role in history, Israel's role in the end times and prophecy, uh, what's going on there, the truths and the lies around what's going on in, on in Israel. Uh, if you're trying to keep up with all that and you're watching it on the news and you're reading all the articles and, and you know, there's, uh, I'm on, uh, well, I guess it used to be called Twitter. Now it's called X. But as you go through there, you see all these stories and you find out that, you know, they're totally made up and there's just people trying to create fear, doubt, and concern everywhere you turn. Because when, when fear motivates, right? It's a, it's a huge motivator. It makes you click and they get the ad dollars. And it's really a sad machine of taking the hurtings of, of people far away and turning it into money here. That, that's what they're after. But, but in our lives, when we're not necessarily looking at that side of it, we just constantly are consuming this feed of negative information of all this turmoil throughout the world. We, we lose something that I think a lot of us are, are missing, and it's our peace, right? It's, it's just, it's the peace of God. Yes, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ and salvation, but sometimes we get so wrapped up in the turmoil of the day-to-day life that we lose the peace of of God, uh, because there's no peace in this world, and that's just what we're focused on. And then, what before you know it, we don't have peace in our own lives, and and that comes from uh, being what I would call carnally minded. When we think of carnally minded, sometimes we equate that with materialism. Um, if you are in Brent's Sunday school class. Uh, Darren was talking about uh, your heap, all right? And I don't know if you were in here, but that was, that was if you were in here, you got, you know what I'm talking about. That was really funny, uh, but very true at the same time is, you know, we get caught up in materialism, but carnal, being carnally minded isn't necessarily just materialism. That's part of it, but it's just not seeing things the way God sees them. It's not having the mind of Christ in you. It's not looking at the events of the world through the lens of the Bible or with eternity in mind. And God, over and over and over in the Bible, gives us different ways that we can be sure to have that mind of Christ, to be spiritually minded. And I think one of those lessons uh, that he gives us is in Psalm chapter number 34. So I'm just going to read Psalm 34, verses 1 through 8. And uh, we have several points here uh, that I want to get through of, of just some practical application of how we can stay spiritually minded in a very carnal, uh, very tumultuous world that has no, has no peace. Psalm 34, verse number one says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around, around about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Let's pray. God, thank you for uh, tonight, an opportunity to gather around your word. I pray that you would, uh, as Brent said, just be with Pastor and, and Pastor Marco as they're away. Give them 
uh, fruit from this trip, give them safety, uh, bring them back to us uh, safely, and uh, just we thank you for that opportunity for them. I pray that for us tonight that uh, you would give us something from your word that we can apply to our lives, that we can uh, maybe take our minds off of the distractions of the world, of the, the lack of peace that exists there, and, and draw our strength and our peace and our sound mind from, from our relationship with you. Uh, I pray that you give us just a good evening together, be with our families, in Jesus' name, amen. So verse number one in Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The, the spiritually minded believer speaks highly of the Lord often. Um, one, th- one thing that is sad is when we look back at our own lives and we, th- and we think about all the words that we say. And there aren't words that, that are meaningless. Every word that we utter means something. We'll give an account for those. And what percentage of our words are used for the Lord? Do, do we speak of the Lord often? And even in Christian circles, we can find ourselves... I was talking to some of the kids at uh, school the other day about this. Um, what friends do you have where you are uncomfortable talking about the Lord around them? And maybe even as adults, if there's people uh, in our lives that, that we would call friends, but we just can't really... We don't really feel at liberty to speak about the Lord around them. We're afraid of what they might think, or uh, maybe we're even embarrassed to speak about what God's doing in our lives around them. So the question is, do you speak highly of the Lord often? Do you praise Him? Do you, do you praise the Lord publicly? Or, or do you even speak of the Lord? Do, if we ask the co-workers around you every day, hey, does that person believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do they know the answer to that question? Is it evident in the way that you live your life and do you, do you speak it? Verse number two says, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Uh, the her there, my soul shall make her, is talking about what he was just speaking of uh, in the verse prior. He says that his praise shall continually be in my mouth. So my soul shall make my mouth boast in the Lord. And this is kind of a funny thought, but you know, you can praise God with your lips and your heart not be in it. Have you ever been there? Have you ever praised God with your lips and your heart wasn't in it? Okay, just me? Okay. Uh, no, I, we've all been there, right? We've praised the Lord with our lips, but our heart wasn't in it. But you know what you can't do? You can't praise the Lord with your heart and your lips not be in it. Uh, the Bible makes it very clear that if your heart is in, an, in a spirit or an attitude of praise, that you can't help but speak it, but sing it, but participate uh, in, in public praise uh, to God from the heart. Ultimately, what's in the well comes up in the bucket. And if there are no hallelujahs coming from your lips, then there might not be any praise to God in your heart. And what is the, what is the source of praise to God in our hearts? Um, it, it's a couple things. One would be adoration, right? It would be a love, of, a love for God of who He is, and the second would be gratitude, a gratefulness for what, for what he's done for you. But if that's not the focus of our, of our life, if we're not grateful people, and if we don't truly love the Lord, we all would say we want to, but if we don't, then praise is not something that we can just muster up. And we can just come in on Sunday and say, all right, I need to praise. It comes from a heart that is already praising. All right, like Pastor was saying uh, Sunday, bring your worship with you. It should be uh, in your daily life. A, a spiritually minded believer praises God from the heart. And then also in that verse, in verse number two, we see that your praise helps the hurting. Uh, if you look at the second part of verse number two, it says, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And it's not talking about people that are not proud. Okay, the word humble there uh, basically means the lowly, the meek, the afflicted. 
people who are going through a rough time, you might think, you know, the saying, misery loves company. Like, if I'm sad, I just want to hear from other sad people, okay? And I don't know, maybe that's true sometimes. But, but the Bible's saying here that when, when those who are afflicted and those who are downhearted, downhearted at, at a different, uh, different things that go on in their lives, that the praise of others is actually a blessing to them. What does it say? It says uh, that the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. So your praise helps the hurting. It helps the hurting. Then move on, uh, moving on to verse number three. It says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. The spiritually minded believer worships with friends or loves corporate worship. Are you embarrassed to sing out? Do you mumble your way through the songs like they mean nothing? And, and you know, this sounds like a silly example, but, you know, when we're singing in church, and, and, and if you're up on the stage, you can look out, and there are a lot of faces that are just like this. And it's not because uh, they can't sing. That's not the only reason they're not singing, because, trust me, there's a lot of people that are mouth agape singing as loud as they can that can't sing, <laughs> all right? So that doesn't disqualify you from making a joyful noise, all right, so God doesn't call for perfect pitch. He calls for a jo- uh, asks for a joyful noise, and and so there are uh, that is one of the characteristics of a spiritually minded believer is that they do they love corporate worship. That it's and it's and I'm not talking about um, you have to love a specific song or a specific group of songs or style of songs. I'm just saying that there ha- there will be a love in your heart for singing praises to God. Verses verses number four through six. Say, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. Do you go to God when you're in need? The spiritually minded believer brings their troubles and fears to the Lord. And I might add, brings their fears and troubles to the Lord first. Uh, because so, so many times we take it to the gram, okay? I'm, I'm newly on Instagram, all right? I'm a little behind the times for my age. But uh, some people, you know, they'll take it to Instagram, they'll take it to Facebook, they'll take it to their friends or, or whoever. And, but so often we'll do all that and we've never taken it to the Lord, all right? We don't take our fears and troubles to Him. When we cry out to God, He will do one of two things, is what He's done here in verse 4 and verse number 6. Uh, he will either pluck us out of our fearful situation, like Peter and John when they were in prison, he let them, he let them go free, or he will come alongside us in our troubles and give us comfort, uh, as he did to the Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. God sometimes uses other believers to provide that comfort and encouragement in the midst of a trial. So he said in verse number four that he delivered me from all my fears. Didn't deliver me out of the situation. He delivered me from my response to my situation. He took my eyes off of what was going on around me and he put my eyes on him and that settled my fears. And then in verse number six, though, we see that he actually was saved out of his troubles. He was plucked up out of that bad situation. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. In these times of, of trouble, he looks to the Lord, and it says that he was lightened, all right, and, uh, and were lightened. That word lightened means, literally means sparkle or to be cheerful. All right, in the middle, uh, have you ever seen somebody that's in the middle of something, they're going through something in their life, yet on their face they have the joy of the Lord that's, you know, really 
indescribable. It's like, how are you getting through that the way that you are? How do you have such a good attitude about that? Uh, and it says that they are not ashamed. Their faces were not ashamed. And the word ashamed there means disappointed. So let me just tell you, if you're going through a hard time and you choose to take your fears and troubles to the Lord and you look to him, he will bring cheer to your life. All right. And you will not be disappointed. You, you will not be disappointed. Your, li- your situation might not change, but the way that you're responding to your situation certainly will. Do you go to God on the behalf of of others, When you see others going through hard times, do you go to God on their behalf? You have no idea what the person sitting next to you could be going through or the temptation or struggle that they're dealing with. Uh, Galatians 6.2. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Do you go to God on the, on the behalf of others? And then... My other question is, do you go to others on the behalf of God? Is there ever a time where you see somebody in your life that's going through something, that's struggling, and God places it on your heart to go and speak an encouraging word to them, and you don't? God might be trying to use you uh, to be that, that person in the furnace with them, that comfort of God that comes alongside. He might be trying to use you to do that. And so don't lose, uh, don't lose out on that opportunity. Verse number 7 in chapter 34 of Psalms says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. The, the spiritually minded believer fears God. Not a fear like, you know, I'm scared and I'm, I'm trembling, um, but, a, but I'm trembling because I have a great reverence and respect for God. Do you have reverence and respect for the God of the universe? Are you able to rest in the peace that his presence brings? If we are afraid of God and are running from him, then it is because we do not truly know him. Because does God chase those that he loves? Yes. But does he chase them down to beat them over the head? No. He chases them down to restore the relationship. God's pursuit of us was, has always been, will always be, in an effort to restore a, relation, a relationship, to win them back, not destroy them, with grace on top of grace. The greatest conviction comes not from the punishment for our sin. When we don't feel as bad about our sin when we, get, when we feel like we've suffered the consequences as we do when we receive unmerited favor that he pours out on us in spite of our sin. When we know that we don't deserve the goodness of God, that is what brings the greatest conviction. Uh, in, in that verse, in verse number seven, for those that fear him, those that fear the Lord, those that are spiritually minded, it says that he, the Lord encampeth round about them. And that phrase, encamps round about them, literally means to bend down, abide, and lay siege against. So it's as if God is leaning down to where we are, placing a hedge of protection around us, and fighting our battles for us. And so we get to choose our fear. We're going to be afraid of something, right? I mean, we're just, we're humans, we're inferior uh, to, to, you know, God and to uh, the uh, the wiles of the devil. We, we need help. We're helpless left to ourselves. So we're going to fear something and we get to choose. If you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else. But if you do not fear God, you will find yourself fearing everything else. There will be fear, but thankfully we get to choose. And, and a fear of God um, does not 
uh, make, us, make us tremble in terror, uh, but rather gives us a, a profound respect and reverence for who he is and puts us in awe of the fact that he would ever want to have a relationship with us in the first place. And then moving on to verse number eight, all right, and we're doing good on time. Let me tell you, I, you with me, I've, I was praying for it to be good and short. You're only going to get one, all right? <laughs> so, so you pick. Which, which do you want? Do we, should we take a vote? All right. I hear, I hear the under your breath, short, short. Okay. Verse number eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The, the spiritually minded believer invites the lost to come to Jesus. Uh, I, I imagine here, uh, many of you who are married, if you are, um, you know, you're out on a date and you're, you know, maybe you're walking through the mall and one spouse gets something at the Great American Cookie or, you know, or Auntie Anne's or whatever. They, they get something and you know the other one likes it. And you take a bite and you say, this is so good. What's coming next? Or what better come next? <laughs> Do you want some? <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I don't get a chance to uh, ask that question. It's already out of my hand. Um, but yeah, this is so good. Do you want to try it? And we have something that is way better than anything you can get in a shopping mall. And, but we don't have the follow-up statement to, this is so good. We'll say, this is so good, but we don't say, do you want some? We want to keep it to ourselves, And that's usually how I feel about what I got in the shopping mall. I'm not, I don't even tell her how good it is because I, I don't want to share. All right, um, but, but it literally means, when, um, the, the word taste um, could also be said perceive. All right. So it's it's an invitation. Come and uh, taste and see is an invitation. Another way of saying come and see for yourself. It's not enough for me to tell you about it. You need to experience this with with me. I can I can post it on social media. I, you know, I can say whatever I want about how good God is. I can put a bumper sticker on my car. But until I actually invite somebody to come to Jesus, until I ac- actually say you need to try this. You, you come, come and see for yourself. Uh, I'm stopping short of what God has commanded us to do. Um, when God changes our life, he renews our mind and saves our soul. We should want to share that with others. And so who in our, who in our social group, uh, who in our workplace, who in our family is struggling through life alone? And you know the answer to their problems is a taste of the goodness of God. You, you know, you know that's what they need. And you have it ready to offer. And it's not like they've told you, hey, before you offer me any of the Lord's goodness, I don't want any. You just create, we, we create these scenarios in our head of if I say this, then they'll say this. And then I'll say this, but then they'll say this. And this is not going to go well. And then every once in a while you might actually try it and it goes well. You're like, I did not expect that. <laughs> and, and then you're kind of convicted. Why don't I do that more often? Uh, but who in your social circle, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your family is struggling through life alone and needs a taste of the Lord's goodness. And then the second part of verse number eight, uh, he says, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And uh, pastors has used this on several occasions in different conversations, but basically the, the blessings of God, what, what we want is we accept Jesus Christ 
and then we just want God's blessings on our life. Can, that's what we want. We think it's a deal. All right, if I say yes to you, then you give me your blessings. Well, ble- the blessings of God come from obedience to God, doing things God's way. Well, we won't do things God's way. We won't actually take him up on his, on his commands if we don't trust that he, that he will do what he says he will do. And so we don't, we don't have the blessings because we don't obey. We don't obey because, truthfully, we don't trust him. And the only time you don't trust somebody is if you don't really love them. Because if, if my wife says, hurry, give me your keys, I'm going to toss her the keys. Do I know what she's going to do with the keys? No. But I know her, and I love her, and so I trust that nothing's... Well, I shouldn't... Keys may be a bad example. <laughs> But anyway, um, whew, not gonna, no, no stories. So, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> back to the outline here. Uh, but I, but it's, it's not so important that I know what she's going to do with what I give her. It's that I know her, I love her, and so I trust her. And so if we know God, which we get to know God through his word, if we know God, we can't help but love him. You know, as you get to know God, you love him. And if you love him, you'll trust him. And so in those times where you say, God, I don't know what you're doing, it doesn't matter if you don't know what he's doing, if you know who he is. And that is that he is good. So the spiritually minded believer trusts in God's goodness. And for us to develop practically in our daily lives an, an image of God that is trustworthy or, or to cement in our hearts the goodness of God, we have to acknowledge his goodness when we see it in our daily lives. We go around thinking that all these good things just happen in our lives and that we either did it for ourselves or that's just the way the universe works. And that is not the case. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. And so every time something good happens in your life, if you'll just stop in your, in your mind and say, God, thank you, you are good. And, and then a couple hours later, something happens that was good and it might seem little, but God, thank you, you are good. And you just over and over and over for, for weeks, you're telling yourself every couple hours that God is good. Then something bad happens and your first response is not, is God good? It's like, God, I know you're good. Uh, I, I need your help. You know, and, and, and so you run to God in those times of trouble, not away from him. You, you lean further into your relationship with God. You don't get distant from him in those hard times because you know God to be good. Not, I'm looking for God to be good. I already know he is. And so I can just trust in his goodness. But we must regularly acknowledge the goodness of God. Uh, I don't know what you're going through, but God does. And you can cry out to him with that no matter what, because he cares for you. He says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your, cast your cares on, on him because he cares for you. And yes, that practice of, of every time God does something good, thanking him for his goodness, that might help us create that image of him as being a good God. But God's goodness is not the things that he does. He, he's not good because he does good things for us. That is just who he is. God is good. And, and if, you, if you find yourself struggling to find an example of the goodness of God, stop looking at your own life and look at the life of Christ. Look at the cross. If you need something to tell you that God is good, just look there. It's not what he does for us, it's who he is. It is his divine nature. His goodness is most clearly seen, not just in the good times, but in his abiding presence with us in the bad times. And then to wrap up, we're just going to look at verse, uh, verse number nine here. O fear the Lord, ye his saints. So this is, this is a plead 
uh, from Dave, a plea from David to God's people, to the saints. Please, I beg you, fear the Lord. Be spiritually minded. Have a reverence and respect for him. See things from, a, from an eternal perspective. Look at life through the, through the lens of the Bible. For there is no want to them that fear him. You don't, you don't go without if you fear God. I'm not saying you get everything you want. But God supplies all our needs according to his riches in glory. The fear of the Lord has a result. It has an output. All right, there is, there is something that comes out of being spiritually minded, and it's peace. It's the peace that the whole world is looking for that they can't find, that they don't have. And it's because they don't have someone to trust in. If they're trusting in themselves, they will be sorely disappointed. If they're trusting in their politicians, they will be very disappointed. If, they, if you even trust in your spouse, you'll be disappointed. But if you trust in God, you will not. It's as simple as that. Uh, so, uh, Isaiah 26, Isaiah 26, verse number 3, says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. You want peace? Be spiritually minded, because he trusteth in thee. Verse number four says, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high. The lofty city, he layeth it low. He, uh, he layeth it low even to the ground. He bringeth it even to the dust. The foot shall uh, tread it down, even the foot of the poor and the steps of the needy. And, and what he's saying there is, look, you might think that for a season the, the, the evil are succeeding or those that, uh, that hate God are prevailing. But one day God will make all things right. And, and that will all be done away, and all the injustices that we see on a daily basis will be no more. And the one that we've trusted in, in throughout our lives, we will continue to trust in as he establishes a perfect world as it was meant to be. And we get to be a part of that. We get to continue in our relationship with Jesus Christ from here all the way through eternity. And, and so don't wait until then to be spiritually minded. Don't wait till you're actually in the physical presence of God to have peace. We can have it here uh, in our daily lives. Uh, verse number nine is, is the plea. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. There is no want to them that fear him. So let's, let's all uh, just do our best to focus on the promises of God, the goodness of God, and stay spiritually minded in a very carnally minded world. Let's pray. God, thank you for uh, your word and for this passage of scripture from the Psalms and uh, how it just reminds us that no matter what uh, is going on in our lives, that uh, we can praise you, uh, that we can speak highly of you to others who are around us, that we can worship you corporately, that we can bring our troubles to you, that you will uh, bring a cheer to our heart, that we will not be disappointed if we look to you uh, in our time of, of trouble. Help us to, to fear you, uh, to share you with others, to invite others to taste and see uh, of your goodness, but more than anything, just help us to trust in who you are uh, in, in all the goings on of our daily lives. We thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your word. Uh, just give us a good rest of the night. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.